right, everybody, welcome to Depth of Field, the new show from Around the Lens, featuring panel discussions on topics related to photography, videography, and visual journalism. I'm Mark Doyle. Thank you for joining me. I'm a concert photographer here in New York, and I'll be hosting a concert panel with some of my colleagues. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce some of those colleagues right now. Uh, we have Zach Lane, who is from New York, right, Zach? Long Island, I believe. Yep, that's right. Zach used to work, uh, well, I used to work at Madison Square Garden as a photographer yep. there. I have Jen Devereaux, who is a photographer based out of Mississippi, if that's right. And then I have Kevin Wilson, who is also based out of New York. So we're going to go to ladies first. Since Jen and I have never really spoken about concert photography, I wanted to talk to you a little bit, Jen, about your background, how you got started in this thing, and sort of what inspired you to, to actually start shooting concerts. Yeah, so um, I started about um, officially uh, shooting shows about 2008, I think. Um, I, but before that, I was sneaking in like a camera into shows um, by way of like a disposable camera, because back then we could take disposable cameras into festivals, but for whatever reason, because digital cameras are somewhat new at that point, um, we couldn't bring in the digital cameras because those were considered professional. So I would take my little Sony po point and shoot and I'd stick it in a, a brand new disposable camera box and glue it shut. And then I'd take it into the festival with me and I'd try to get shots that way. I mean, I didn't get great shots because it was like a, a little, like six megapixel camera, but um, that was where I like started, I guess, shooting shows. And then um, I got my first credentialed show in 2008 at um, Taste of Chaos, which was a Vince Unfold and Bullet for my Valentine. And nice. just, from there on, just kept shooting shows. So. Is that the music that you, you kind of follow? Is, are you more into like the metal and rock stuff? Yeah, I do. I do enjoy metal and rock. That's probably my forte when it comes to what I listen to. Um, I do like, I do think that, um, pop music has a lot of the better lighting scenarios, but, um, um, I more enjoy the metal and rock shows. So that's what I'll be at those shows. Speaking of metal and rock, we have another metal and rock photographer here, uh, Kevin Wilson, who's been on a show with me once before, although not a video show, it was an audio show. And Kevin and I have bumped, uh, elbows, rubbed elbows a bunch of times in the pit in New York at several shows. Kevin, tell us how you got started again, uh, shooting shows and concerts. How did that whole thing evolve for you? Yeah, so I had actually been shooting probably a good five or six years before I had actually got into shooting music. And I kind of got into shooting music a bit organic, and I was a little bit late to the game, as a lot of other people were. Um, but my introduction was uh, in 2015 to shooting professional live shows credentialed uh, through Dave Navarro. Um, I think we actually talked about it on your podcast last time where um, a lot of the stuff that I wind up citing as far as like uh, how I got into the industry was because of Dave. He's a super nice, humble guy. I've known him for many years before um, actually shooting shows. Um, but he was the first one that gave me the opportunity to be able to shoot shows and somehow overnight getting access, like all access to Jane's Addiction turned into me shooting full-time like within days at that point. I think it kind of just snowballed into something that I wasn't expecting and it was a lot of eyes on me really fast. So I was like, oh shit, now I guess I need to uh, figure out what I'm really doing because, you know, shooting 
um, you know, street photography and other type of lifestyle photography or abandoned architecture and stuff. It's a lot different than dealing with situations where you're shooting in like really crappy lit situations, you know, lights are constantly changing. Um, so yeah, with, with him, he kind of opened the door for me very fast and it kind of just went from there nonstop. Zach, you and I met at, uh, Phil Collins concert. Was it Phil? I Col- uh, oh, can't remember. I think it might've been Phil think- Collins. Right? <coughs> yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. At, yeah. At, at Madison square garden. Right. And, uh, yeah. One of one of those big shows at Madison Square Garden that Madison Square Garden used to do. So how did you get started in that? We never really spoke about how you actually landed. You were one of the house photographers at Madison Square Garden, you know, uh, the great one of the greatest venues on the planet. How did you end up landing that gig and start starting to shoot for them? So um, actually, before I even started anything with Madison Square Garden, I was working at Hofstra University. It was probably about, I guess. A little under 10 or so years ago now and i started the photo department there it was just me i shot everything there i shot all games uh corporate stuff i did headshots i did uh student life um they had a couple of concerts here and there i shot uh and then i it was a great job there and i loved it i loved the people i loved everything i was doing there's a wide variety of things which i really enjoyed um especially sports i i love sports uh photography and then i I just always think you can always be bettering yourself. So I was always looking for new opportunities to, because you never know. And I saw an opportunity at Madison Square Garden through, I think it was LinkedIn. They were hiring for a uh, photo services manager. So I applied. I mean, you never know. I applied for it. And uh, and then I through multiple uh, interviews, I eventually got it. And and the way it worked there, it was, it was kind of what I did with, with uh, Hofstra University, but just on a bigger scale. So at, at Hofstra, I was shooting, editing, scheduling everything i was every i was the one person at uh at msg it was a whole department for that so it was it was broke up between four different full-time people and we all essentially did a little bit of everything we all shot we all edited we all um we would uh schedule stuff as well so i kind of um we had a team of freelancers that i helped manage and i i helped uh make sure that all the events because it's not just msg i know that was really only the only place that you and i worked together but MSG owns Radio City. Uh, they own the Beacon Theater. So it was all the different venues. They own a couple of places outside of New York as well. But it was uh, our, the photo department managed everything for all of the venues. So um, it, it was kind of had to be a and uh, all the, the the Rangers, the the Knicks uh, games, any type of at Radio City, the Rockettes, any type of uh, events that were going on, even with players out in the community. Um, so with this, it, it was all. I mean, with MSG, the, the concert uh, lists were just, it was <laughs> it was a great, great uh, experience to be able to shoot stuff there, especially because uh, it was what I was doing before at Hofstra, just on a bigger scale. And it got some great experience and I got some got to meet some great people, obviously. And um, so it was just, uh, it was something that I'm looking forward to coming back when uh, when concerts happen again and the world can hopefully return to some type of normal. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll get into sort of that conversation in a little bit. Jen, you yeah. you were actually house photographer also at the Fillmore, right? That in New Orleans, right? You're, you're yeah. Was that right? Yeah. What was wow. that experience like? How did you end up landing that job there? Um, well, I just made really good connections with some of um, the uh, people that were handling the media in other venues. Um, and this was um, a new venue they had just opened. I knew they were about to open up. So um, one of the people that was in charge of the uh, media at one of the larger um, arenas in the area ended up going over to that venue. 
Um, and, and she had asked me if I wanted to be the photographer. Actually, I reached out to her and she said, actually, you were on my list of photographers. So um, it tur- as it turns out, um, we had a um, good um, relationship, uh, business relationship. So she, um, she hired me on as the house photographer there. So you started, what, when did you start that, that gig? Um, let's see, it was 2019, 2019 was one of the first, the first shows they had. So it was, it was a brand new venue. They didn't okay. even have like, um, a full year before the pandemic shut them down. So, so you um, weren't shooting, you weren't shooting for other, you weren't shooting for other house venues. That was the first venue that it that was my first house gig. Yeah. Okay. So how many, about how many shows did you shoot at that point? Like before yeah. things got closed down? It was, um, I was probably shooting, um, two to three shows a week like on average so um i mean there was a lot of shows and um and they would add on shows last minute too so i had my schedule pretty wide open for them so that i could accommodate all the shows that they were having since they're a brand new venue they're obviously getting in a lot of um really cool acts for that so um like food fighters and like they booked lizzo before lizzo would you know got as big as she did and then that that place was packed when they had that show finally I'm sure. What's the capacity awesome. in that menu? Oh, that is a good question. I should know that, but I don't. It's not like, it's not a huge venue. It's a smaller venue, but it's not super small. So it's like, mid, it's like kind of, I guess, kind of like Hammerstein where I shoot sort of like a it's like a, if you've ever been to the house of blues in new Orleans, it's about the same as the house of blues in new Orleans. I would say they have, they have a stadium seating in the back. Like it's like a riser type seating in the back. And then they have also some, um, VIP seating on the sides, um, and then the floor, of course, um, it's not really a huge venue, which, which is really great for big shows like Foo Fighters and stuff, because it's a very intimate setting for a band like that. But it's, um, it's also not like super small either. Right. So it must've been a good experience for you doing that until everything sort of got shut down and we all lost our house gigs. Kevin, uh, I know you don't really shoot for a specific house, but I know you shoot for specific bands. And I know the misfits and and sort of that whole you know grouping of people yeah. in the misfits you've got you've shot for. Um, how'd that all come about when when you started landing some of those jobs? So I met Jerry years ago, actually at a tattoo convention. Very random, super nice. It's like everybody pretty much that has come in contact with Jerry only from the misfits has always been like, it's my uncle Jerry. Like he's right. just always been very genuine, very super down to earth. Right. Really nice person. So we somehow kicked it off and he's like, hey, kid, take my phone number down. And like, you know, he knew I did photography. I never really pushed anything. We go out. I'd spend like Fourth of July at their house, lighting off fireworks and stuff. And like, you know, you're a kid, especially like growing up around like the punk rock industry, like the punk rock scene and all that stuff. And you're like, I listen to this music. I never thought that I would be like around these people to begin with. But it was just like no egos, like everything was just kind of checked at the door and people were just relaxed. So, you know, it just kind of turned into you want to do some photos for this. You want to like take some photos of that. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, we got this reunion gig coming up. Like, you know, I had already shot some of the other shows that they had um, that were, you know, Jerry's incarnation of the Misfits. You know, there's been like 20 different variations. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there was. Yeah. So there was all this wind about the new reunion that was going to be happening and there was the opportunity that was uh being posed to me to you know possibly shoot some of the shows um now all the members have their own managers at this point so it becomes like this 
talk between everybody on whose photographer gets to be able to do stuff because Jerry's guy is different than Glenn's guy versus Doyle's guy and so forth. And it's like, you know, I, I know Dave Lombardo. I know Jerry. I know AC. I know uh, Doyle. You know, I do a lot of photo work for all of them on the side. So, but I don't do anything for Glenn. So right. this like whole, how do we make this work where nobody's getting pissed off with each other and there's not like a favoritism in it. And uh, there was just an opportunity for one of the reunion shows for me to go to Chicago. And it was one hell of a crazy story to make it happen. But, um, you know, pushed and shoved for everybody to get back to the soundboard because no cameras were allowed. Uh, some of the shots that I have became the shots that were used on every uh, tour that had come out or every show that came out since. So, you know, I guess I got them stuff that they liked. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And, it, and yeah. it gave you it gave you more it, it created more opportunities. It did, yeah. So like oh. being one of the people that shoots for them definitely um, has given some sort of like I hate to say it some sort of clout. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it definitely helps. You can uh, say it. It's fine. Yeah. It you know, it, 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 it's <laughs> well, one of those things. I, I personally, <laughs> I personally never thought that this stuff would be happening. Um, but you know, it's like especially even though the industry seems very large, it's very small. Managers all know each other. Yeah, Publicists absolutely. all know each other. Yeah. Venue people all know each other. Other photographers know each other. And the one thing that I've always learned is just to be nice to people at the same time. That will go ten times further. And I've always found it that like you can be a decent photographer, and it can take you ten times further if you're really nice and know how to network. There's yeah. being a phenomenal photographer. And not knowing how to stay humble and checking yourself when you can, and all of a sudden it destroys every opportunity that you have in the process. Yes, exactly I agree right. with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So people make a good impression. <laughs> I see it on a regular basis, and it's like you know, there's one person that I looked up to for many years that just has constant internet battles with people about you know anywhere <laughs> from photo credit to all this other stuff out there, and it's like you're you're painting a bad image for yourself especially when you want to try to attack people online it's like just just walk away from it there's not enough time in my day to focus on negative energy because all that stuff will come back to bite you in the ass later down the road i mean what do you think jed it is frustrating right sometimes when you know you see other photographers get accredited for a show that you wanted to shoot and you're not accredited for that show and you got to have to kind of bite down on it. I know Kevin's probably experienced that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, you, you do have to stay humble, right? You, you're, For sure. You're calm, right? At some point. Kevin is exactly right. Um, I actually had um, my own experience um, where it kind of like made me realize, um, especially about the internet. Um, so, I mean, we're all in probably a lot of these concert photography groups that you see on Facebook and such. And, um, there, there was one in particular, um, now I shoot this festival. Um, I shoot a festival every year that I'm, um, I really love and I'm good friends with the person that's in charge with the media. Um, and I was in a photography group and I saw where someone had posted something about, they're complaining about cell phones in the pit or something like that. And, um, I had, um, complained about these two guys, um, that said that, they basically said that they have a fake magazine and they got into the uh, a photo credential with a fake magazine, essentially like a. Um, and so I was like, yeah, there was this, there was these kids in the photo pit of that festival, and um, they said they had a fake magazine. Well, I had no idea that the person in charge of the media 
who was in that um, concert photography group saw my comment, emailed me and said, Jen, why didn't you just email me and let me know about that? And she was like, who was it? And I said, I explained to her with Magazine was, and they're like, she's like, we knew about them. They were a satire magazine from the college and they actually get good um, views. And that's why they picked that magazine. So from then on, I was very, I, I, it was eye-opening because I was like, you know, it, not only that, it makes it makes the media team look bad when you sit there and complain about, um, you know, who's getting into these festivals, who's in the pit, because you don't know. It could be people from the band that are do, using their cell phones for social media content for the band. Um, like there's a picture um, I took of a Backstreet Boy at a festival and all that people say when they see that, they see that picture is, who's that girl in the pit with a cell phone? She actually worked for the festival and she was the social media content person that was uploading for the festival. So, I mean, you yeah, gotta be careful. I'm going to, I'm going to go to that shot right now. So our audience can see. Oh that. yeah. Yeah. yeah right, you can, you can so, see her. So here yeah. She is right in the corner there. I was going to actually mention that to you. When yes. I she works for the festival and she gets paid to do that. So she is there for um, iHeart to do the social media content. Um, and so that's like, they have people like that at every festival and you just don't know who, who's, who they are with. So don't just assume. Um, right. But yeah, and you've got to be very careful who you're, you know, you know, talking to in these groups. Um, you can come off very complainy and like unappreciative. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all there to do a job. I mean, just be professional, let people do what they're doing and, and just, just worry about yourself is what I'm saying. Stay humble. Um, there's so many people in the pits a lot of times that are just, you know, rude. And there's no reason for it. We're all there to do a job. Right. Exactly. Hey, Zach. Yeah, you know how I, with that photo, Jen, before that photo of the uh, uh, the Backstreet Boy, I when I saw that, I was thinking, I had, I had a feeling that she was a, so, a worker, like not just a fan, because I could see in her phone is charging to a, a little plug and yes. fans don't usually charge. I've always seen social media people always have a battery plugged in. So I was like, she's probably somebody that works there. Well, and there's not <laughs> many people in the pit. There's only right. a select few photographers that even get hired. On, and then you have the, the live video people. So having right. one person there doing social media, it's it's pretty obvious she's there for a reason. Yeah. But yeah. It, she's, a, she's there to do a job. And a lot of other people yeah. too are so just let them do your thing yeah that does yeah. that does happen yeah i was just gonna say to piggyback, to piggyback off that like you there's so much that goes on with the, the little i've learned there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we just don't know about leading up to a concert and there's so much back and forth with pr people and media agencies and all that stuff that you don't know that like a lot of some of the times at msg they couldn't allow all the different media outlets in so they would use the house photos out or sometimes they wouldn't allow any type of media. So they would have, there could be an, an agreement where the PR person or one person could be taking photos or videos on their cell phone to distribute to people. So they might not look like they're a regular social media person or any type of photographer or anything like that. But it, it's agreed upon that they should be there. So you just, you never know that what's done. And that's where like, like we're all photographers. That's what we know. And that's where I, I agree with all you guys that you kind of, stay with uh like always make a good impression and you never know who you're gonna meet and who you uh interact with yeah i mean there were times I, i'm sure there's times where even the madison square garden photographers can't shoot a particular artist right i mean i know that's happened oh, all the time <laughs> yeah i mean it's happened to me at hammerstein a ton i mean the difference with like with i think with you as a house as a house photographer at madison square garden and sort of how i have my house gig over at hammerstein 
is hammers at least in the beginning now i'm now when events get back to you know normal i was basically not shooting concerts for them anymore i was just shooting house room private event setups but before that when i first started shooting for them i was shooting everything which included concerts so I would, you know, I had my ID and, it, you know, much like you, it just said, you know, house photographer, you know, Hammerstein Ballroom. And I would show up on, you know, whatever shows, whatever concerts were there. And I would just show up and I'd shoot. So I'd walk into the pit. I'd have my ID. I showed the security guards. Most of the guys knew me at that point. And every once Which in a important, while. Which is important, right? <laughs> yeah, it is important. But every once in a while, at least in the very, very beginning, you know, I'd be in the pit with six other photographers and the PR person would be in the pit, maybe off to the side. And they'd be like, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm the house photographer. So what what was going on, at least what what was going on regarding the way I had it at Hammerstein was Hammerstein was just assuming that I was shooting every single show and they were not really contacting, say, Live Nation, who will then contact the PR for say, there's a house photographer that's going to be covering the show for us tonight. I would just show up. So when the PR person was there, they'd ask who I was. And they're like, you're not supposed to be here. You shouldn't be shooting here. You know, so that, that, that was a source of frustration for me. And as time wore on and as I continued to shoot concerts there, knowing that I kind of made myself invisible on a lot of it. Cause I wouldn't be, you know, I didn't want to get sort of chased out, even though, you know, technically I was getting paid to shoot for, Hammerstein, you know, say like uh, like a Hosier show or something like that. But PR didn't know I was there. They had no idea, you know, because right. the contracts are signed off so early on, even though it says in the contract, you know, Manhattan Center, Hammerstein Ballroom has a house photographer. No one's looking at that in a, you know, a 30 page contract with one line that says, you know, we have a house photographer and he's permitted to shoot, blah, blah, blah. And right. you see- off on that you know what i mean so right with you, guys, with you guys it's different right because you were already assigned to that show the pr firm knew you guys were going to be there yeah so i mean it, it's a little different than uh, hammerstein but uh the pr firm in the case with msg it was in-house so it wasn't ever an external pr firm so i worked with those people all the time they knew the whole department they even knew a lot of our freelancers all the time all of our regular freelancers so they would know when they would see us they know oh, we don't we don't need to worry about you because we know that you're you're shooting with us depending on the artist there's sometimes uh, uh releases like you guys all know that you'd have to sign or contracts that might have to be signed ahead of time or not um and they would always we they would send that over to us and we would work together um and uh it, it was just it, and sometimes like to earlier in your in your point about um, if we're allowed to shoot the show or not, sometimes it was preferred that the house photographer, that the house um, photography group would shoot the, the show for everybody and they would share it if it was a limited uh, artist, if they only wanted a, a handful of photographers. Other times they didn't care and it could be however many people that the PR uh, team department would approve of. And right. there was, there was, I remember talking to some of them before, there was a, there was a standard that they, that they would have. It had to be like a legitimate news source and whatever arguments like that, that they needed to have to be able to, to shoot. Um, but sometimes if it was everybody, then uh, we would be there as well. And then we would use, our images would be used for like our, on the immediate use of our social, but then it was also for, to archive the, the events happening. That was a big part of our department was to archive everything that was going on at all the venues. Um, right. And that's something that's a little different than, uh, than the media photographer or any other type of photographer, because we could 
be shooting whatever the show was for archival purposes. But sometimes that means not even shooting like classic concert photos like like we all have seen. Sometimes it could just be documenting the the out the the stage setup or do- documenting whatever the arena looks like because it could be different or it could be um, to prove like how the show happened and how to say like, oh, this is how we can do a show in the future to promote it to other artists. Right. Granted, right. obviously more artists, a lot of artists know that since Garden, so it's a little different, but it could right. be done. Sometimes it was also the theater at Madison Square Garden uh, is a smaller right. venue w- within it. And that can be done in so many different ways. So it wasn't even just concerts. It was other like, events that could be ha- held in there that we would also be shooting. Um, so it was, it's, um, it was a unique situation because uh, it was all in-house with the photography and all in-house with the PR uh, agency. But there were also times where like one of the photos that you had pulled up before, it was, um, it was the Elton John photo um, that uh, Elton John, Miley Cyrus was at the Grammys. The Grammys it uh, is such a big event that that's not organized by Madison Square Garden. That was organized, um, and the P- it was outside PR agency. I don't really know all the details, but I just know that the PR agency was outside. But they worked with our internal uh, department. So um, with something like this, we were allowed to shoot the the house uh, photography team. We were allowed to shoot that, but it was we 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 because it was a huge event it's not like we could dictate where we want to be from or anything like that so it was a lot more stricter rules so it's it's more of in that case it's more of uh where it's they're renting the the venue from from msg and they're using it as their own purpose right so kevin you you also shot at the theater at madison square garden right it was a lot of shows there there in the theater uh, itself or in actual Madden's? So the- oh, have you shot at the theater? I know, uh, I, I remember Slayer had played there. And I don't know if you had shot. So my cat's walking behind me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so have you shot at the theater, Matthew? It's a really I, nice venue. Garden. It's a small, intimate space. It kind of feels almost like a, like a Webster Hall feel to me as opposed to like an arena at the same time. Right. So it's a lot more intimate, a lot of bands that play in there. You're a lot more up close and personal. I think even like one of the Cirque shows right before COVID hit was in there as yeah, well. That's right. Yeah. Back too. Oh, uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I had shot Slayer there uh, moons ago with uh, Gojira. Yeah. I forget who else was on that that show, but. Was that it was, the one with uh, Lamb of God was on that show as well? Might have been, been them. Might have been yeah, them. So I, I was supposed, I shot Lamb of God, though. But. I think I was supposed to shoot that show there. And uh, I do a lot of work with Lamb of God. And like everything was squared on the list and everything was fine. I was shooting directly for them. And, you know, it, it, you're just such a small, inf- insignificant cog in the mix of what's going on in a show. that. Right things are always bound to happen that can kind of throw a wrench in the mix. And I got a call from Randy from lamb right before the show started that passes actually had to be taken away from people because there just wasn't the capacity to be able to handle things. And this was like me shooting directly for the band. And like, I think they were more upset than me at the same time. And it was like, you know, I was on my way there with my camera gear. So my main concern was like, okay, well I can get into the show, but now I'm not, able to get into the venue with all my camera equipment. So what can I do? And like, it was like checkpoint Charlie, like dropping my camera off at like the FBNY station down the road because my buddy's FBNY and like getting to the venue and like all this other stuff. And it's like the way that I've always looked at it is hopefully there's always going to be another show. 
hopefully, you know, I mean, we're, we're living in a world now where obviously a lot of musicians have been passing away and that's never going to change. And, you know, we're dealing with no shows right now. So that's a huge thing, but if a show doesn't happen and I wasn't able to shoot that one, it just wasn't meant to be. I right. just, I try to look at it as always like a half a glass half full situation where I'm like, there's always going to be something else that comes up. There's always going to be another opportunity that poses itself to me to where I might be able to have like seize that opportunity. So if something didn't happen and it didn't work out, there's plenty of shows that I've showed up to credentialed for very well-known outlets where just something happened and my name wasn't on the list. You may be a little bit bummed at the moment that something like that happens, but you know, again, you're a small cog in a huge mix of a production on a major tour so, like, if it's not going to work out, me causing a riff with any of the people that are just, like, checking tickets or trying to get a hold of the tour person and me being like, hey, look, you know, I have the information on my phone. Clearly, it shows that I've been approved. I understand you don't have your list. I'll hit up their 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 publicist or whoever it is just to see what's going to happen. I'll stay off to the side. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if you don't wind up hearing anything, it is what it is. You call it a night. That's it. And half the times I've been to venues where like they saw my information, but they couldn't get a hold of the publicist. They clearly knew that I was probably supposed to be there. And because I was nice, the people at the venue were like, Hey, we clearly see there's an issue here. Here's your pass. Sorry about any issues. I've also seen it where people have gotten really salty with them as I'm waiting myself and they don't wind up getting in because they're sitting there for 20 minutes yelling at them while this person's just trying to check in a line full of people behind them. It makes such a big difference if you're nice. And sometimes it's out of your control, but if you're nice, it makes such a big difference. It's it's funny because there was a show at at Barclay Center, uh, the Toto show, and I forget who else was on that show. It was someone else with the Toto. And I wasn't, I, I was approved for one band, but not, for some reason, they didn't have me approved for, for Toto. I was like, oh, I've had tons so of I'm standing in the lobby waiting to go in. And they're like, well, you're not on the list for this. Band. I'm like, all right, I'm going home. I just, you know, put my backpack on, just walked out, went home. I was like, I don't have to shoot Toto that bad. I mean, I was there. The point is, you know, you make the trek and it's, it's nice to be able to shoot the show that, you know, you intended to shoot or at least one of the artists that you intended to shoot. But you know, and, and sometimes that happens too, right? Where you're, you got credentials for one band, but you don't have credentials for the next band. Yeah, and yeah, right. bands like Falling in Reverse do that quite a bit. And in fact, I think let people there, know was show, time. there was a, there was a show, uh, I don't know if you remember, there was a show in Jersey called the Rock and Carnival Festival. Yeah, I shot that. Did you shoot that? Yeah. So there was yeah. a lot of different bands. There's a bunch of stages. I don't know if you guys know about it, but there's a bunch of stages there. And, you know, there was, you know, Lita Ford was there and uh, I, I forget, there was like tons and tons of bands. Godsmack played and it was like an amazing, you know, a, an amazing festival with multi-stages. Yeah. And I think uh, Slash played that that mm-hmm. night and you had to have a separate credential to shoot Slash. Like literally, yeah, like, your regular badge didn't work. Like I was there all day from the morning until the night, but I had to have a separate credential like I had to get approved separately just to shoot slash. Yeah. Which I did not do. I was like, I'm not going to forget it. It's not well, I, I mean, I, in the reverse of that, I think it was the VMAs one year we're at MSG and all of the media photographers were, were allowed to shoot, uh, were allowed to shoot everybody. 
except Beyonce. She had a performance, I remember, and everybody could shoot, all stars could shoot, everybody except for her. Uh, e even though everybody was approved already, it was just that one one artist, and and that's where it's artist dependent, and that's where uh, there's sure, so I'm much sure that goes in. Behind. I'm sure, there was one photographer that was able to shoot Beyonce, and I don't want to mention that name, but I'm sure there was one person. Anyway, I I, I want to move this a little bit uh, forward, and I had some questions for all of you guys. So, uh, one of them was, "What's your best?" concert experience and i'm going to bring up a photo uh right now that jen took and it'd be hard to say that this wasn't one of your best concert experiences because this is one of the best shots that i've ever seen of her well thank you that definitely was one of the best experiences i mean it was a bucket list to be able to shoot iheart so um, they have a spectacular photo team. Um, and for a couple of years, I had um, done the live photo editing. And what that is, is basically their awesome photo team is they're taking pictures. And as they're taking pictures, they have runners that will send run cards to the editors. And we're, we're editing real fast so that they can put socials, uh, um, update socials in real time um, of these images that they're taking. So I had done that for a couple of years and, um, you know, I had reached out to the photo editor at the time and I was like, look, if you guys ever need a photographer, I know you got a good team, but if you ever need one, let me know. Um, it just so happened they needed one for that, that year. So I got on the photo team that year, um, which was, um, 20, what was, it? was that 20, 2019? Yeah. Cause we didn't have one in 2020. Um, <laughs> hopefully 21, 2021, I'm hoping. Um, but, um, that was an awesome experience because, um, there, there's only a few of us as far, as far as photographers go. And a lot of the photographers are roaming around trying to get images from different angles, but in the pit, that's at the end of the thrust. You're also having to make sure that you're not in the line of sight of the, um, the video people because they're doing the live feed for video. And um, so I was going around the thrust trying to get out of the way of the videographer who is at the center of the thrust. And she just happened to fall down and lean back. And I was like, click, 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 just get it real quick and then go. Um, so um, I love Miley Cyrus. That's a great shot. Yeah, it is. Was that because I, I saw other photos. I know other photographers that were there with you that 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 night. And I looked at a bunch of their photos because I you know, you and I are friends on Facebook. So I had seen that one that you had posted. And I saw other photographers that had that had similar shots, but not that shot. So you would just you know, that's that's a that's a great shot. You were in a great position for it. She landed in the right spot where you were and it's just the uh, magic happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just luck. <laughs> so <I got> lucky <laughs> well, with you could say, listen, you could say it's luck. You know, I'll say it's magic. I know, you know, Kevin's gotten a lot of that stuff too, you know, and Never, you know, <laughs> right? so we've all, we've all benefited from luck, but also it's, it's the years of experience and the positioning and knowing, you know, where you need to be and, and all that stuff. And I know Kevin has shot a lot of, metal shows and and stuff like that and and you know it's they're they're tough it, it takes a lot of time to to really learn you know how to get great captures i mean here's one here's one of his shots right here of of james right what what, what concert what show was that i don't so remember what show that was. this was metlife i think 2017 oh, okay and to me, this was always it always just seemed like a, a filler shot in like the uh, the portfolio. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow this shot has like resonated so much with a lot of like Metallica fans and all that stuff. And like this shot, I will definitely say has paid my rent, you know, a couple times over <laughs> throughout the years. So it's like, I have to just be like, all right, I have to call it for what it is. Sometimes like, even if you might not think that it's like the most spectacular thing, there are also other eyes that may be like, yeah, I really dig it. And like, it was just, though i don't know i'm sure everybody else probably has shot metallica at some given point you know you're dealing with a lot of stuff that's happening at those shows you're dealing with a very high stage you're dealing with you know security telling you at any given point you're not allowed to have uh you know like the little footstools or you know in the pit at any time so like you're having to try to find angles that you can really work the stage is massive. So like, you don't know if the musician's going to run over to you at one moment or not run over. You don't know if you're going to need a 300 mil lens or a 24 to 70 at one second. So everything's kind of changing at any given moment. And um, you're also dealing with their film crew running throughout, like behind them the whole time. So it's like trying to be able to find a moment when you don't have this person with a giant like camera like this behind them becomes the challenge. And Somehow I wound up grabbing that shot. It was pretty damn clean and a lot of people liked it. And, you know, it just sharp too. Yeah, it stayed in my portfolio. That was one of the things I always tried to pride on myself as well is I wanted to try to make my photos look like glass. Like you could reach in and grab it at the same time. And, you know, especially with like even small venues with really bad lighting, like that was the one thing I always tried to strive to is like making sure that I could get the cleanest possible photos when like other people around me were like, we shot the same show next to each other. How the hell did your shot look like this? And my shot looks like this. And it's like, well, it's also a bit of smoke and mirrors in the back end of knowing how one to use your camera and knowing how to edit as well. Like editing, editing is really big. This is one of Jen shots. Jen, where was this? This was an outside venue when you, that was, yeah, that was this. It might have been the same tour. Um, it was when they were doing, they did arenas and they also did stadiums. This That's is when they Trust Park. Is that where that is? That's Atlanta Brave Stadium. Oh, Brave. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But as Kevin was saying, that thrust is so big that it is like a workout just to run to go to different <laughs> sides of that thrust because it was so big. And like, know. Said, you know, you just hope that you, you are on that side that they come to. I happened to have a photographer that was telling me, um, he said he had done the research and he said, they're going to come on the, on the thrust here in a little bit. So I would stay here. So thankfully I had a nice photographer friend in the pit with me and he told me that. So that's how I was able to get that shot. That's yeah, awesome. their, their stage is really big. Did you shoot them when they came to town over at uh, MSG at any point? No. no, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think they were. I don't remember when they were there uh, in the recent years, but it, may, it might have been before my time, too. It may, sure. may have been, yeah. It may, may yeah. have been before time. What's, what's more or less the best concert experience you've had shooting over at, at the Garden over the years? Um, I think, I mean, my favorite band of all time is Queen, so... I think that was a huge bucket list moment for me to be able to shoot them. Uh, I've always, I mean, I've been to a couple of their concerts already and I just, everything about them I love. So when they were at, when they finally came to MSG, I was like, oh man, I hope they allow photographers. And I had seen from the tour, I knew that they were allowing people <clears throat> and it worked out that I was able to shoot it myself and I was super excited about it. Uh, and That's thank so awesome. you. Yeah. Thank you. I was so happy about it. And I mean, if there's, 
anything I've learned, I'm, I'm because I know the band just. I follow them so much. I know various things that they they tend to do, which is very helpful. Even if you don't know the band a lot, doing that kind of research ahead of time to know, like the the one person you were talking about, Jen, that tipped you off to they they kind of run out and come over to the left side at one point. Knowing that type of stuff is helpful. So I knew that they always uh, the Adam and uh, Brian come out to the front of the stage at a certain point. So I was I was prepping for that and hoping for that. Uh, and and actually, one other thing that I've learned just through recent years is especially with the instant need for social media and always posting stuff to social media for venues and, and media outlets was trying to just differentiate and get a little bit more so that you don't, uh, so they can, the social media people can, can have more to work with. So with that specific image, I was happy because uh, I started doing, uh, he was doing a whole dance. That was a whole sequence to a whole dance that uh, Adam Lambert was doing. And I just so happened to get a good string of that whole thing. So I was like, you know what, let me, I, I turned that string, it was probably, it was probably like nine or 15 pictures maybe into a, a GIF of him essentially dancing. And, uh, and, I don't, and I don't even remember now if they used it or not. I just know that being able to provide stuff like that is, it was helpful because then they have more to work with and they're happier. And then it leaves, like uh, you were talking about before, Kevin, it leaves a good impression with people when you, uh, when you work with them and they're like, oh, I remember he does a little bit extra. Or he goes a little above and beyond and, and they might later down the line, you never know, they might remember you again and say, oh, he's done some of this stuff. Let's work with him again in that way. So you just never know, but Crane is just a bucket list for me. So I was stoked about it. Were <laughs> they soundboard? What's that? Were they soundboard? Uh, they weren't soundboard. They were the, you, the, 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 their stage kind of came out like a little, uh, a thin stage in the very uh, end of it so that you were allowed to be in the, the edge of that uh, stage, right? Where I took that photo was basically where you could be. And there was probably, I think there was like half a dozen or maybe 10 photographers. So you're kind of packed in there. So you couldn't really move a whole lot. Um, but that's where I was just ho hopeful that they did something in your area, which was nice. And I don't know, so when, when you're stuck at the soundboard or stuck at in a certain area of the pit, it's, it's tough because you never know. It's, it's sometimes you're just stuck with what the band is doing. That's actually, there's another photo I, I sent you um, about uh, Mark for uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers I shot. And I was kind of, kind of because you're talking about the soundboard, I, I kind of try to learn something from every photo I've been or any experience I, I've taken. And I was thrilled with this photo because it's got the three, I know everything about Chili Peppers. It's, I mean, these are the three guys. It's the, the main, the main photo. I know there's, there's the, guitarist in it but I, to me this is this is the shot that i always want of, of them and this was great uh, i think 2018 maybe um at a benefit concert uh a benefit show and it, it was a uh, comedians it wasn't even a concert or anything but they were the end of it uh they, they had a, a couple songs where they played so uh as um and this was in the theater and a couple months prior in that year they were headlining msg uh, Trombone Shorty was opening for them and I, I shot the, them at uh, MSG and I was so excited about it and I was uh, especially because we had pit access we're, so we were able to roam a lot and, and usually with pit I'm, I just like shooting the pit a little bit better than soundboard sometimes because you can have a little bit more creativity on your shots and you can choose I mean especially uh, Kevin with you with being the, the, the band uh, photographer you can you have a little bit more access so with the pit I feel like you have more access than just shooting the soundboard so I was excited to shoot the chili peppers from the pit because I can be wherever I wanted within the constraints of the pit. But that being said, I was, I didn't really feel like I got a, a lot of great shots because I was 
I don't know, they were running around everywhere and you never, and, and they, I wanted a shot with all of them and it's tough. And I got some good shots of them all together, but someone's face is a little weird. And then that shot that you just had up was from the theater where they weren't even, uh, they weren't even, it wasn't like a main concert for them. I was able to shoot the entire, the whole, uh, the, all the comedians leading up to this and then the whole set, their whole set, which is probably, I don't remember how many songs now, uh, but I was stuck to the soundboard with them. And this kind of just made me like, learn, uh, I, I guess I took out of this was that like sometimes just wait for a, a, the moment and like be prepared for something to happen. And as long as you have the gear ready and as long as you, as you have like the mental capacity to know, well, something might happen in front of you and I'm not worried tight on one of the guys. And I had something like that where they all, it just so happened that he had his drumsticks up and, and they were, and they all and they were jumping and they had a good uh, facial expressions because no one was blinking. And so I was just happy and happy that it worked out in that way and kind of taught me to, to, to wait to see what kind of happens on the stage and not always try to run for the moment and the moment might happen to you. I guess is the moral of that story. It's definitely a great shot. I love it. And he yeah, looks, looks like Will Ferrell. It's crazy, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I don't tell him that. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> there's that, there's that, that, uh, was that Saturday Night Live where they play against each other? Okay. Yeah. yeah. They on each that, other. Is that what it was Saturday Night Live, right? It was, that's, so, yeah. that's, great. that's such a great. So, guys, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about what gear you guys use. Uh, we don't get into that all that much. Um, so Jen, what, what type of stuff do you usually use when you're out there? Um, I'm a Nikon user. So, um, I have a D850 and a D810 body. I use my harness, my black rapid harness to hold those and, um, uh, 7,200 and I usually, I use a 50 millimeter and a F, um, I'm sorry. Um, what is it? A 20, is it 24? Yeah. Tw no, 1424. I use a 1424. I want a 2470, but uh, I've got a four because I, I end up in a lot of small venues sometimes locally um, in New Orleans. So I get the, the 1424 to get a little bit wider, but I, the only thing I don't like about that is um, I don't like to shoot the whole show with that because they all, the images kind of look all the same because it's kind of got a little bit of a fisheye effect on it. So I try to use that sparingly just to get some good, like up close shots, but mainly use my 7,200 and my 50 millimeter, 50 millimeter. That's great. Good choices. Kevin, what are you up to? Sony so, or Canon? <laughs> uh, so I shot Canon for five years, went to Sony for like two and a half, three years, realized uh, shooting music with Sony, you destroy a lot of them. So after you destroy, tough, like, you know, it's a tough camera to work with. Yeah, man. after you destroy a couple of those cameras, you realize, well, it takes good pictures. It's uh, something that's not worth the, the hassle of getting it damaged in a pit. Um, so then I went to Nikon. I've been an Nikon and Leica shooter for the better half of five, four and a half years, something like that, four years. I, you've run the gamut, huh? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I'm a gear nerd, so I like trying everything. That's the thing. So, you know, my, um, my Nikon bag consists of the 14 to 24 to 24 to 70, the 70 to 200. I have an 85 1.4. I have the 50 1.4. Um, I know I'm missing some other random things at the same time. You know, 300 mil, 2.8 uh, for like the Good Morning America shoot stuff because we're all like put behind the crowd for that. Um, you know, all that stuff i feel like you know i have to have a whole random kit of things considering new york venues are all like different sizes like one day i might be shooting in a venue for 500 people and the next venue i'm shooting in a venue that has thirty-five thousand people so yeah, yeah definitely 
it varies out here for sure. Zach, you guys were using Canon, right? That was sort of the thing over at the garden. Yeah, yeah. We had a the department had a, a, a lot of gear for everybody to use. Uh, and I, it worked out nicely because I personally also shoot Canon, so it, it worked out nice. Where I mean, we had a slew of different bodies and and uh, and all different types of lenses. Um, we had one DX, one DX two, three, 5D uh, Mark fours. Uh, we had we had a, a wide range of primarily zoom lenses. Uh, when you got higher up, we, we had some of the the prime, like the four hundred fix or three hundred. Uh, I ended up using a lot the two to four hundred, which was nice in certain situations, but. Uh, because of the f-stops it wasn't always ideal for really dark shows um, but that distance and having that range was very nice but i'm right. curious how you guys did, did you ever because you guys have some prime lenses in your in your kits mm -hmm. when what do you choose when do you choose to use prime versus zoom or what do you prefer you can start jen um, I use my 50 millimeter. I mean, I'm like, again, I'm at a, not a huge venue. So, um, we're really up close. So I like, I like depth of field. I really like to isolate, um, a picture of a, a person in a picture. So I like a, a lot of depth of field. So I use my 50 millimeter one eight. If I'm trying to like isolate one member, um, it's good for 7,200 as well. If you can just back up a little bit to the side stage. Um, I don't like to be up on top of artists anyway. So I'm usually either at the back of a pit or on the side, um, but if I'm wanting to get like a good close up shot, like, um, that's when I'll use the, um, my prime, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I never use, I never use primes ever. I mean, I have a couple I use in portrait, you know, work, but I never ever shoot primes in in concert world. Kevin, you have, you've, sh you shot them, right? Yeah. So I usually only keep primes in my bag. If I know that I'm going to be doing work before or after with the band. Um, a lot of times, you know, if, if I'm with a band and I'm like back in the uh, in the dressing room or on the tour bus or like we're like out and about wandering around in the city, just doing that type of stuff. I'll tend to have like a 35 prime on me or a 28 or something along that line. You know, something that I can also keep discreet, like shooting Leica stuff, like, you know, small, um, almost point and shoot style, like size camera. They're a lot right. more discreet and I can not be the sore thumb in the room because everybody knows I'm the photographer, but like the last thing you want to be is like that person, like the beacon to everybody in the room that right. I've got a camera out. You want people to be relaxed. You want people to be comfortable. So like, that's when I tend to like using the primes is like just being a little bit more discreet in situations, unless right. I'm doing portraits. If I'm doing portraits, then obviously I've got my 85 out or I've got a 105 at the same time. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Like they don't hit the stage really much at all. That's my, on my cameras tend to be the 24 to 70 and it's 70 to 200, 14 yeah. to 24 is if I'm going to be at a really small venue where I know I need to be able to get the shots or right. if musician themselves is like, Hey, I'm going to come over to you during this song at this point, you know, and get in your face because I want a certain shot. Then I know, okay, at that moment, I'll put on the 14 to 24 because like someone's literally getting three inches away from my lens and I want to be able to capture their whole body in the shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So guys, I'm going to throw this at you and Jen, you can answer it first and we'll sort of go around the horn here. And it's, it's probably never been more fitting than it is right now, but what do you guys miss the most about shooting shows? Jen, go ahead. I mean, other than just shooting the shows, I miss that, but I do miss, you know, something I didn't think that I would miss because I, I'm actually a, the type of person that I don't like to get into crowds and stuff. I try to avoid crowds. So when I'm at a show, I'm, I'm really just trying to, 
be in, take pictures and leave. Cause I, I don't like to be <laughs> in the huge crowds, but now I really just miss it. I miss hearing people singing songs. Um, especially like if they play playing music before a band goes on and everyone's singing together. Um, like I remember a green day show right before the green day show, they were playing queen Bohemian Rhapsody and just hearing everybody sing that it's just like all being together. I, miss, I really miss that. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah. I miss the camaraderie. I think, between the the venue staff because you know they're putting in a lot of long hours dealing with a lot of drunk people you know like you you're used to seeing those people on a regular basis you're used to seeing the photographers within your community on a regular basis you know and it becomes like the the fans also like you start to know a lot of fans because they show up early and the ones that are in the front row are like i saw you at this show or i saw you at that show you know like yeah. that's definitely helped because like I sell a lot of prints because like, you know, they were at that show and they're like, Oh, I know you have a good photo and I could wind up more than likely marketing at the same time. Right. You know, being able to like have that camaraderie and like see people from one venue to the next and just be able to like have the interaction has always been nice. Um, you know, once that kind of disappeared overnight, um, it is a bit of a mental shift, you know, I'll probably say that for a lot of people being able to like, you know, it, it's almost uh, like tour depression for a lot of musicians, you know, musicians, you know, that they're they have a known presence on stage. And while they're on tour, everybody knows them. Some of these musicians have nine to five jobs when they're not on tour. So like they go back and they're like laying carpet or doing other random jobs to be able to stay afloat off tour. And like they get depressed during this process because like people knew them and now they're laying carpet for some oh. random person that doesn't care who they are. Right. So it's like you, you, there is a mental shift and it's like, you have to be able to figure out a way to, you know, curb that and to be able to truck forward. Exactly. I mean, I, I kind of agree with both of you guys about the people and the camaraderie and, but I feel like in terms of the shooting side of it and the photography, I, I think I miss the, like everything, every concert always being something different. And it's not like it was all cookie cutter and it was always the same thing. You never knew if it was, if it was going to be a, a single artist or a band or what the stage is going to be like or where you could be shooting from and it being so uh, different for what you, what would you would capture. I think I miss a lot of that. And, but, de but definitely like the, the camaraderie of people, I agree with you and, and seeing like, especially a lot, a lot of the security guards that you always would see all the time and the different people in the arena that you would see all the time. And uh, just once we get, can get back to all that, that'll be a, a nice thing. <laughs> It, yeah, it will be conversation with each other. <laughs> yeah, you won't take it for granted anymore. I'll yeah. tell you that. No, without a doubt. So this is this is a, like a three question thing. I, I I asked a lot of people when I was doing my my three no flash podcast, which I'd love to bring back one day. We'll see what happens with that. Um, so it's 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 a three parter. I'll give it to Jen first since uh, Jen's up in the top corner and I see her right there. So I'll give it to you. So it it kind of goes like this. So. What shows do you wish, what, what show do you wish you could have shot? What band or artist do you wish you shot? Could be retired or otherwise. It could be someone like Elvis or, you know, Janis Joplin or something. And what band or artist are you looking forward to shooting? So, okay. So um, I want the one I wish I could have shot, which was supposed to happen before COVID was My Chemical Romance. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, the, that's my number one bucket list. Um, 
this the one that I wish I could um or what was it what was the second one it was um, I to a band you wish you could have shot someone retired or otherwise could Lincoln be Park Lincoln Park for sure because that was actually before Chester passed um that was one of my next shows on my bucket list that I had put in that I was going to put into shoot and I didn't get to shoot. I love Lincoln Park I'm a big Lincoln Park fan so that really upset me and then the next one is what was the last one i'm sorry I have a what, what band what band are you looking forward to shooting hopefully my chemical romance that's fair <laughs> that's totally fair zach what about you same same questions uh one i wish i could have shot uh right. would be the original queen with freddie <laughs> okay yeah i always said that too that that was one of mine when i Propose this question to myself. Oh I always watch you queen with Freddie, yeah, for sure. I agree. I with love that. that. Uh, and then yeah. what I'm what I'm excited for when things come back, I would say Bruno Mars. Okay, interesting. I, I would love that. I, I I shot him once actually at that the Grammys from that other photo, uh, but it, he just did one song. But being able to do an entire thing of him would be great. Kevin, what show do you wish you could have shot that you missed? So. And you could that you wanted to always shoot that you may never get a chance yeah. to. So this is where I always try to remain optimistic with things. If it didn't happen, it didn't happen. If, <laughs> you know, like I, I if, if, if I wanted to be able to try to shoot it and it didn't happen, I just write it off. There's always another time for it. Um, as far as something that I wish I could have shot knowing, you know, if I'm 90 years old at this point and could have <laughs> shot it, the Beatles. I okay. would definitely cool. love to have photographed some of the Beatlemania hysteria, you know, all that stuff during that time or Led Zeppelin, like any, any of that era would have been phenomenal. Um, as far as something that I'm looking forward to, I'm looking to be uh, looking forward to be back out with my misfits family. You know, I just, you know, Jerry only called me earlier today to see how I've been doing and he's got some things in the works, but we're all just kind of on pause right now. Like we're just waiting for things to kind of come up for air. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to be out <laughs> with my family, you know? I, I, I agree, man. It's, it's been a long year, very, very long, strange year. And hopefully it'll, it'll get back to some normalcy by the summer, at least some outside shows. One would yeah. hope maybe so not how, major, oh, maybe not major tours, but, at least some one-offs and some nice outside shows in the mm -hmm. park and that sort of thing until the fall where, you know, we'll start getting some more indoors, but I, I don't see, I don't see big tours happening until 2022. I just think it's, you know, having been involved in a lot of yeah. that stuff with the lighting manufacturers and, and that sort of thing and talking with a lot of the lighting designers, you know, they don't, uh, they don't see it until, you know, it's a big, it's a big engine. That's got a, you know, it's got a lot of parts and gears to it. Yeah, the one-off festivals will happen. I think I think uh I think Aftershock is happening up in Sacramento towards the end of the year in the fall. And so there'll be one-off like stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Governor's Ball will happen. I mean, it's certainly possible, right, Kevin? I mean, that's in June. They yeah, they canceled Coachella. I think that people preemptively have been able to just try to lock down space in hopes of this the problem is when you're dealing with all these bands and contracts these bands want retainers ahead of time with heavy right. deposits and i don't think any uh funder is willing to put money out right now knowing 
that there's a high probability that they're not going to be able to get that money back. There, we're talking globally, there were billions of dollars lost just in deposits that went to bands to be able to fund a lot of these shows. I mean, like so many music festivals are crippled now. Like they, they've, a lot of music festivals have gone bankrupt simply for the fact that like they couldn't get that money back and that those bands needed to at least have that portion of the money just to be able to pay out their road crew and pay out the lighting people and, you know, whatever other people that weren't able to actually go on the road to be able to do anything. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's been a rough time for everyone, you know, and I feel bad for all those, those folks that I would chat with periodically at these shows that I became friendly with the lighting designers and, you know, it just, it just really sucks. Such a big trickle down effect. Yeah, it's, it's it's tremendous. It's tremendous. But at least we didn't really get into the whole COVID thing. We 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 kind of breezed over that. We just right at the end here. But anyway, I think the weekend concert that they just announced is the first tour that I've seen that was for like an artist and not yeah. just a uh, yeah. not just a yeah. festival. That's twenty twenty two though, like you uh, like you were saying. Yeah, I think there. I think there's a date that they, uh, which is interesting. There's a date for them. At the towards the end of the year, I think in the fall at the new arena that's being built by the Belmont by Belmont Park, which is the UBS, yeah. arena, I think it's called. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, which is which is run by I think fo- folks at uh, Oakview, whatever Oakview Capital or whatever. So yeah, I think that that's one of the shows that that might be the very first concert that that venue actually, uh, you know, hosts. But yeah, as far as like big tours, 20, 30 cities. You know, you just you're not going to see Aerosmith in a, in a, you know, or or bands like that until 2022 because they're just so yeah. so much like Kevin's saying. There's so much that goes into it and so much money and deposits and stuff that just isn't you know you just can't get that cash back. Well, also people aren't going to be wanting to buy tickets, especially people who had tickets and didn't get their refunds back. They're going to mm. be hesitant to be buying tickets until last minute, like right up until the show date, just to see if make sure that they're not going to get you know, stiffed on, you know, ticket sales. So um, I definitely see what he's saying. Like there is a like, you know, deposits for bands and stuff that have to be put out in advance. And, you know, they're, they're banking on these people buying tickets. And I just think that there's going to be people hesitant to buy tickets uh, until they know for sure that like that concert's going to happen. Right. So guys, I want you to plug your websites. Uh, just let the audience know that all of the photos that I showed plus a lot more are, will be available for you guys to buy if you want from uh, each of our photographers here that we're talking on the panel tonight. So Jen, what's your website and sort of how can people reach out to you? Um, my website is uh, jendphotography.com. It's with Jen with two N's, um, D like Devereaux. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at jendphotography as well. Okay, Kevin, what's up? So my website is kevinrcwilson.com. Uh, that's just my name, Kevin Robert Charles Wilson. So KevinRCWilson.com and my Instagram and other social medias. You can find me by Kevin Wilson NYC. Um, that's where I'm at. Zach, you have a website or it's social. I know that. Yeah, I'm on social more. Uh, on my Instagram is uh, Zach T Lane, Z A C K T L A N E. And that's where you can find myself. And then we'll reach out to you guys. So thanks for joining us on the on the first depth of field concert photography show. I want to thank our guests, Jen, Kevin, and Zach. You could find uh, this show and other shows on their website, uh, aroundthelens.com and check them out. There's a lot of cool shows coming up 
that they'll also be doing. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. This was a blast. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad everybody seems to be in high spirits, at least having not shot concerts in, in nearly a year. Well, we got cameras. We got to find other ways to use them. So absolutely, you know, trying to be doing other stuff. Thanks, yeah. guys. Best of luck the rest of the year. Right. Hope to be, hope to be talking to some of you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thank you very much. It was great. Have a good night. Thanks.